Welcome to the Three Timbers podcast series, Life Interrupted. Today we are joined by Jeff Ryan and Joe Slaybaugh and special guest, Don Beebe. Welcome back to the Three Timbers podcast, Life Interrupted. It is so great to have you here with us. I am Jeff, and I am, as always, joined by the man who is so influential that when he goes to Rome, they do what he does, Joe Slaybaugh. Joe, how are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Wow. What an introduction. Well, you are an influential man. You set the trends and set the pace. I'm very influential in a very small sphere, which is basically my wife and my dog. But anything I do, they'll do. You think you have influence over your wife? I, you got me in a corner yeah. here. If Remember, she, this is recorded. If she listens to this podcast, then no, definitely not. If she listens. If. 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 All right, well, that's good. Well, we are really excited today because we have got uh, just an amazing guy with an amazing story. I know that you are a huge football fan, a huge sports fan, but today we get the combination of a godly man with godly influence who's got a really awesome God story. Um, Don Beebe, that name is familiar probably to so many of us. Don played in the NFL for quite a number of years, was a part of six Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, was with the Buffalo Bills. But that's really secondary to the story of all that God did in his life. There's a great book called Six Rings, which really talks about his story and his journey with God. It's just so cool. And whether you're a football fan or not, you want to pick up Six Rings and read it because it just shows you how God keeps interrupting your life sometimes for a greater kingdom purpose. And we're going to talk at the end here about that kingdom purpose and what Don is doing now. But let's welcome him in. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm doing well, Jeff and Joe. It's good to be here. Don, thanks so much for being on the show. It's so great to have you here. We cannot wait to talk a little football. We cannot wait to talk a little bit about life interruptions. And it sounds like you've experienced both really to the fullest, um, the most that any one of us could ever experience. Yeah, I was blessed. There's no question about that. And, And I don't take that for granted whatsoever. So just use the platform God's given me. Well, you've done a great job of that your entire life and, and reading the book, how along the way God has put you in positions to share your faith and to mentor men and now young men. But we would be remiss uh, if we didn't talk a little Super Bowl. Uh, you know a lot about that. Super Bowl is coming up here in just a week or so. So take us through for just a minute because none of us are going to know this experience like you. What is Super Bowl week like for players, not on the field, but everything leading up to it? What's it like? Well, it's, it's unlike any other sporting event outside maybe the Olympics, I suppose, uh, you can compare it to. Uh, it's a one-day event. Um, unlike the NBA and the World Series, it's a seven-game deal. This is a one deal. Uh, and so it's a huge moment. Uh, but as a player... <laughs> Going from my first one to all the way through the sixth one, I learned through the process that you got to treat it like a normal game, even though it's not, um, because you can get caught up in the emotion, which I did in the first one, didn't play so good. 
Mm. And as I've learned uh, with this game and as a coach now too, the bigger the game, you got to be able to keep your emotions in check. No, absolutely. And obviously having been through six of these and we all know what maybe one of the signature moments is for us as fans, obviously you're remembering when you ran down Leon Lett, but what about you? When you look back over six Super Bowls, what are some of the memories that you take with you? Well, as a, as a player, um, you know, carrying my two kids off the field, Chad and Amanda, uh, at four years old and two years old after winning a Super Bowl with the Packers, uh, you know, experiencing that moment with my wife and two children at that time, cause I have four now, but you know, that it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, because it was my, my family, um, that is there all the time, you know, and uh, experience a win with them, I think was my greatest moment. Certainly wasn't the Leon Lep play, uh, but I've gotten a whole lot more miles out of Leon Lep play spiritually than I had from, uh, uh, gratitude, let's say, uh, of achievement, you know, but, uh, the Leon Lep play, I will say, um, has done amazing things in my life as it has in other people's lives. And God has used that in, a, in just an incredible way. Hmm. Well, and, and you and Leon have, have kind of teamed up on some things here and it's really neat how God kind of brought you both together in a signature moment sports wise. Uh, obviously it was one of the, the plays of the year and it's one of those signature moments, but it really spoke to a lot about your character and never giving up. And that is seen throughout your journey throughout all of the interruptions that God has given in your life. Talk a little bit about how God instilled a characteristic of, of never giving up in you. Well, first it starts with your parents and your upbringing. And that's why it's so critical for moms and dads to raise your kid up into a Christian home and teach them God's way. And that's the Bible uh, instead of what the world's way is. And it's all about winning and achieving a trophy or something of that nature. Uh, actually, for me, that stuff doesn't matter money, material things, uh, what the world can give you. And believe me, as a pro athlete, you get this stuff thrown at you all the time. Doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, doesn't carry any weight, never gave me any peace and joy whatsoever. Only I can find that in Christ and in Christ alone. With that Leon Lett play, <laughs> the inside story of that, and here we are, I don't even know what, 27, 28 years later. I mean, it's crazy that we're still talking about this play. I still, every day, and I can't remember the last day that I haven't gotten at least one, and usually it's several letters in the mail, either at home or at my business or at the school that I coach, uh, somebody telling me about the Leon Lett play. And, and that's truth. Every day I get something. So that that play is hold so much weight over so many people. And for me, the inside story was an hour before the game. It was a you know, when I it was a beautiful day. It was 70s, low 70s, Pasadena, California. It was the actual place that when I was a kid growing up in mom and dad's backyard playing sports and football, and you always dream the, you know, you're playing the Super Bowl. This was my spot, Pasadena. I was, I always loved to play in Pasadena. And here I am. I'm living my dream, right? An hour before the game, I'll never forget it. I, I was out and I and I took a knee at the 50-yard line and I was in my game pants and shoes and and my his pain, your gain shirt. That was big back then. And and I just knelt at the 50 and and I prayed a prayer that I'll never forget. Uh, you know, and I just said, Lord, and it was simple. I said, Lord, let me glorify your name today and not mine. And I didn't realize how that prayer became amplified into what it became. Because when I got up, 
I'll be honest with you. There's these moments that you just feel the spirit come on you and you're just like, oh, you feel so good and at peace. I seriously thought I was going to score a touchdown with no time on the clock, a J.J. Jefferson, one hand stab in the back <laughs> and win the game. I mean, that's honestly how I felt. But no, God gave me Leon Lett in a blowout. And, yeah. and I tell people when I stand on stages and I speak a lot publicly, which God has you know, granted me that too, because I'm the worst speaker ever. Um, he basically, when I stand in front of a, a crowd, and if I was to share a testimony that scored a touchdown to win a Super Bowl, how can anybody relate to that? Share never giving up in a Super Bowl, everybody in the audience can relate to that. I mean, even in this pandemic, people are just thrown in the town. They want to quit. You can't quit. I mean, you got Christ on your side. I mean, you got the greatest coach on your side. Why would you ever want to quit? But I get it. Uh, if you're if you're spiritually not right with the Lord um, or don't even know the Lord at all, I'm not sure who you turn to. Um, and for me, man, it's just given me such great opportunity to talk to kids, parents on their marriages, relationships with their kids, relationship with people. I'm just never giving up because to me, giving up is just not an option. Wow. Don, the way that you focus on an audience of one is really remarkable especially for people in your position on your platform where they have the opportunity to find approval in so many different people. And yet when I'm hearing you speak, you are solely focused on getting approval from God and God alone. Can I ask you, going back, maybe all the way back to your time in college, for those of you who don't know, Don has some roots here in Nebraska with Shadron State, but how did God interrupt your life? How did he find you and how did this mentality of only pleasing him become real in your life? Well, first of all, nobody's life is immune to interruptions. <laughs> Let's just put that there. I mean, we're all going to have it. Uh, God never promised in his word that it was going to be easy. Uh, what he did promise is that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, and so I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and at seven, I knew I wanted to do two things. I wanted to play sports and I wanted to play for him. And, and, and I'll never forget that day uh, in Souls Harbor Church in Aurora, Illinois. And I was seven years old. And I just gave my heart to the Lord. Um, and I just asked in that prayer if I could do or be something special in sports. And it's amazing how God has taken me through my, my, uh, my route to get to where I am even today. Um, but I've had a lot of ups and downs. There's so many times I could have just thrown in the towel and quit. Um, and I just, I refused to, even though, I had those moments just like every human does, you know, those same emotions of blaming and, and whining and self-pity and just always pointing fingers. And, you know, we all been there, you know, but when it, at the end of the day, when it comes down to who I am as a person, there's no question who I am. I'm a man of God that loves the Lord with all my heart. Um, and I lived by many scriptures, but my favorite was Proverbs three, five, and six that, I just kind of had this etched on my mind my whole life, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll set your path straight. So that's all we got to really do is just depend on him and, and he'll set those paths straight. But that therein lies in most people today. We're not, we're not willing to let God be God in our lives. We want to try to move the pieces to the puzzle ourselves. And we always land up failing. Then we get frustrated and just, dissolves a lot of things. And one thing I have learned from my father 
that that's just not the way you do it, man. You just got to put Christ first. Well, and I think, you know, looking back at your story, one of the really neat things that you exhibited and that you experienced was where you are at the moment doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up in the long haul. I mean, you were hanging siding, right? I mean, you, you were going down a road that at the time your, your girlfriend and now your wife said, hey, what, what are we doing here? Where's this thing going? And God really kind of got a hold of your heart and he took you from hanging siding to kneeling uh, on the field at the Super Bowl and through a lot of injuries. You know, obviously we were talking before we started the podcast. I mean, what you have been through physically has been remarkable with all of the injuries you had. So God's interrupted you relationally. God's interrupted you physically. He's interrupted you in so many ways. How did you, in those moments where you weren't where you wanted to be, or you weren't allowed to do what you wanted to do because your life was interrupted with some sort of injury, how did you stay focused on God? Because so many people, when they go through difficult times, like you said, they quit. How were you able to persevere through some of those obstacles? I think it comes down to one of the the greatest commodities that we have. It's called time. And uh, what do we do with our time? Are we, are we spending time trying to figure it out ourselves? Or are we spending time in the word and on our knees praying? And um, you can't find out what God wants you to do unless you read the playbook. And as a coach, uh, you can't run an offense without knowing the playbook. So you got to know the playbook. Uh, and then once you know the playbook, uh, you got to let God lead you in that playbook. Uh, you know, for me, when I first went to college, I had an ex-Marine drill sergeant as my first coach. It was his first year coaching. It was, you know what on earth, it was awful. Yep. And I got MF'd every day, uh, cussed at, kicked physically by my coach. Um, it was humiliating and it really kind of stole my taste of football and sports for three years. You know, I left and I worked construction for three years, but I always was active and kept in shape. And, and I always felt like I had this calling, but I was like, God, I can't do that. I mean, that was awful. Um, but yet three years later, that same coaching staff, that coach is still there, calls me back out of the blue. Now, the first thing you got to ask yourself, I'm a head coach in a college now. If a kid came to me and left two weeks after the two-week camp, I don't think I'd call him three years later. First of all, you got to ask yourself, why wouldn't he call back the first year or the second year? I'll tell you why. Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready spiritually, and God's timing is always perfect. But the third year, I was. And so I was looking for a home that third year. And, um, and I get a call back from Western Illinois three years later. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. See, that's God opening a door, but those doors are opened. It's, it's, it's up to us to walk through them, you know? And, um, and so I went back to Western and I didn't know my eligibility clock was being used up. Um, and I was out of eligibility. I went back. They told me I was ineligible for lack of transfer credit hours. I mean, it's just a crazy story, Jeff. And Joe and I and I went back to a Jew code, then went back uh, to uh, Western again. Now with only one year of eligibility to play, and a passion and dream to play in the NFL. You talk about naive. I was I was the poster child of naive. Okay, but yet what I had was faith in God, and I didn't care what odds were. I mean, I look. You look at it, man. Uh, odds were stacked of any guy. But, but a 5'11 white guy from Shadron, now those odds, I don't even know if they're even, can you record those? <laughs> but with God, there are no odds. 
Um, so the how I landed up in Shadron was I played that one year at Western Illinois, was out of eligibility, and I actually got noticed by a pro scout before my career even started. Okay, and how you might ask yourself, well, how did that even happen, Don? Well, I I hadn't even played a down of football yet. It was in spring when I went back to Western Illinois and they were doing a pro day. I just happened to walk into the building and uh, and there were some pro scouts there and I begged and pleaded with coaches, could I, I just want to run, can I run? Well, I had no, no warm up. I had jean shorts on and I had sandals and they told me to just kick your shoes off and run barefoot, so I did. And I ran a four, three, two that day, which is crazy and um, and that's when my career started in the NFL before I ever played a, a down of college ball. Now, if that's not God, I don't know what is. Okay. And, and then I landed up out of Shadron because the, the coach, Brad Smith, who was the head coach now at Shadron state, he recruited me in high school five years previous when I was in high school and he was a coach at Western Illinois. And he heard that there was an NAI. He heard that there was this, you know, Don Beebe was looking for an NAI school because they're separate from the NCAA. And I had eligibility left at the NAI. Well, I get a call from Coach Smith. I knew who it was, obviously. And he said, hey, I'd like you to come play for me. And I said, this is an answer to prayer. Thank you, Lord. And then he tells me Shadron State. I couldn't even. I said, said, what? He goes, Shadron State. He goes, it's in Nebraska. Well, I'm a 20-year-old guy, 21-year-old guy. I knew Nebraska was west from Chicago. (laughs) How how far? And then he tells me that day I had to go get an atlas. So I went and got an atlas and and I looked around Omaha and Lincoln where there was movie theaters and restaurants and people, right? And he goes, no, it's eight hours or so on the other end of the state, about two hours south of the Black Hills. I was like, coach, I'm engaged to be married. There's no way I'm coming out there. I can't do that. And I literally prayed, and I, this is the honest truth, guys. I prayed that night, and it was a very short prayer. I said, God, please don't send me to Shadron. And that was it. I got into bed, and I was just, just fighting it and saying, there's no way I want to go there. But, but I woke up the next day and I had this peace that can only, you know, in Ephesians, it talks about a peace that, that, that there's just no understanding to this peace that only God can give us. And I, of, of a place I've never even been there. I've never been in Nebraska, let alone Shadron. <laughs> uh, and so I said, okay, God. And I, I, I've learned, I suppose, how to listen to the spirit of God instead of myself and, and, and people were like, how do you do that? Well, I spend more time in prayer and more time in the word, and then I can listen to God better. Uh, when I try to figure it out, my, and I put God on the shelf and try to figure it out myself, I always come up wrong most of the time, you know? Uh, and so I just knew with a shadow of a doubt that Shadron was a place that the NFL was going to find me. <laughs> For a second. Middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Yes. Yeah. And so I landed up out of Shadron and, you know, the rest was kind of history, but I played there one year, one year, that was it. And then I got invited to the combine and it, and it changed my life once I got to the combine. Wow. You know, just a remarkable story. And again, it, this is really chronicled in, in six rings in, a, in an even more detailed way. So it's really this, this fascinating journey that God had you on that your NFL career started before you played in college and, and you ran a four, two, three, could, could you run a four, two, three right now? <laughs> Jeff, the last time I ran a four, I'm 56 now. Last time I ran a 40 was I was 41 years old. I was doing a speed camp in the middle of nowhere. I can't remember where it was. And I ran a four, three, uh, four, three, eight. 
at 41 years old. We ran a 4.38 at 41. At 41. I, I couldn't run a 5.38, I think, right now. So I, and nor am I ever going to try. I don't think I can run a 5.38 now either. <laughs> That's amazing. That, that is amazing. Um, you know, one of the other things that sometimes happens in life, and I think this happened to you, is sometimes we don't realize that the setbacks are really a setup. When, when, when your time was over in Buffalo and you went to Carolina and you think, hey, I'm going to be reunited with some people that I'm comfortable with, this is absolutely going to be great. Well, it, it, it didn't end that way. And obviously that was a huge setback. But kind of talk about how God used that setback for this amazing setup for you moving forward with Green Bay. Yeah, I think, I think you, you bring up a, a great point. Um, in setbacks in life. Uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, you can't find your keys. You get frustrated. It's like setback you think in your mind, but you know what? God might've just saved your life from an accident that could have occurred at that point in time, because God knows time. We don't have any concept of time. So I think in just little things that, that happen on a daily basis, instead of getting frustrated, realize that God's in control. And this is one thing I've learned over my year, my years, because I've had so many setbacks. My son has had so many setbacks that setbacks are as long as you're trusting the Lord and you're in the will of God, uh, setbacks can be looked on as a blessing. And um, and I think that that's the way I've learned certain things like that. And in, in the situation here, Jeff, um, you know, when I left Buffalo, I didn't want to. I wanted to stay there, but they were ready to move on. And then I go to Carolina, a new franchise, and that was a tough experience. Matter of fact, of all the nine, uh, years I played in the NFL, the Carolina experience was really tough. Uh, me and Frank, obviously, he went there as a quarterback. Frank Reich, you mentioned him earlier. We were together there uh, in Carolina as well. Um, and we just we just fed off each other. You know, Frank is a, a solid Christian man. And it was good to have a friend there because he was dealing with the same issues that I was dealing with. And um, in the in the world of sports, especially the NFL, can be full of pride, you know, about yourself and what you can do and your achievements. And that's not why we were there, you know, me and Frank. And so uh, I did. I had decided that I was going to let God be God. Why am I here? I don't know. I don't want to be here. I hate this experience with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and I'm talking about the team. Don't get me wrong. I love Charlotte and the people, but. Uh, and then God takes me to Green Bay. And um, and who do we beat in the NFC Championship to go to a Super Bowl? Carolina Panthers. I mean, this sense of humor or what? I mean, so instead of looking at, like you said, and I think it's so apropos that instead of looking at it as a setback, let's look at it as a blessing. And and, and God's timing is always perfect, no matter what. Um, and, you know, I just experienced with a family member who just went through a miscarriage you know, something of tragic that that can be. But, you know, uh, as a Christian, you look at that and you say, okay, God, I got it. I'll see, I'll see this child again one day. Yeah. Um, but for now on earth, I just thank you for the blessing uh, because you're in control. And so no matter what you face here on earth, man, you can handle it with peace and joy as long as you have the Lord on your side. Well, and for, for those of you that don't remember, that setback in Carolina led to this setup in Green Bay where you won a Super Bowl, and at the end of the game, uh, the final snap when you won, and you went up to Brett Favre, and you said, could I have that ball? And, and, and Brett Favre gave that to you, and, and what a moment 
when you thought about your whole journey, uh, all the obstacles, all the interruptions in life that God, God knows the desires of our heart, right? From when you were playing football as a little kid, the desire of your heart to be in the NFL and, and to win. And so you had that, had that experience, but along that way, God kept pushing you out of your comfort zone. One of the things I really enjoyed um, reading was when Frank Reich took you uh, to a speaking engagement, and Frank had done a lot of speaking, and and he was comfortable. Now all of a sudden you're ready to to be introduced, and you, you know it's described in the book. Your palms are sweaty. You have no idea what's going to come back. But talk a little bit how God has pushed you out of your comfort zone in your life, and how He's used that to to bring Him glory and impact others. Yeah, that's a that's a great story. Um, you know. Obviously, the Lord gave me an amazing story, incredible story, against all odds story. And it was all centered on Christ. And here I am, uh, you know, I'm the first pick of the bills of the 89 draft. So, I mean, everybody wants to hear you talk. If there was one person, if I had two fears in my life growing up, it was public speaking and contact. <laughs> I, mean, think about that. I mean, here I am, a pro football player. So... So I think God has a sense of humor. Yeah, he does. So I get to Buffalo and everybody wants me to speak at a church or speak at this function or anything like that. And I just kept telling the chaplain, Fred Rains at Buffalo, you know, I I just can't do it right now. I'm too busy, blah, blah, blah. And it just would come up with excuses because I was so scared and so nervous to get in front of people. I would I would struggle praying in youth group growing up, you know, uh, just anything around people. I was just such an introverted person. To do even something like this, of course, we didn't have Zoom back then, but just to have a conversation with somebody that I don't know, uh, I was very uncomfortable with that. So I'm, I'm, I think it's my second year in the league, and I was asked to do a speaking engagement, and Frank was going to go with me. We were speaking at this church, and we had about an hour and a half drive together, and I'm sharing this with Frank. I'm sharing my story. He hadn't heard my story yet, uh, and I'm sharing my fears and all this, and he goes, Beeps, he goes, let me tell you something, and he was driving. He looks at me and he goes, you need to get over yourself. And I was like, I didn't think I was an arrogant, prideful person in the sense, you know, I just thought I was a pretty humble guy. And I said, what do you mean over yourself? He goes, man, God gave you a great story. That's an amazing story. You got to tell it. What do you care if somebody, what people think of you? You got to tell your story. So get over yourself. And I looked at him. I said, you know what, Frank, you're right. You're right. All these years I'm missing out on what God could have blessed me on. Or I could have maybe blessed somebody else with, with what God has shared with me and done for me. And so that night I got up there and I spoke and I was, well, I was nervous and I was sweaty palmed and pitted out, you know, but yet there's something that happened during that time that I was like, wow, this is really fun and enjoying. I got a, I mean, not that this mattered, but I got a standing ovation and I was just like, man, oh man, this is kind of crazy that people are standing to a person that can't even talk to his own self. (laughs) And I drove home with Frank and I said, you know what? You're right. I was, I was full of pride. You know, I was full of thinking of myself and said what God's done for me. And so since then I just started taking on more. I called Fred Rains and I said, give me everything you got. I'm just going to start doing them. And here I am this many years later. Now I'm to the point, you know, that's still there that apprehensiveness is still there, not near the point it was before, but I understand what's most important. And I need to tell my story like everybody does because everybody is a witness to somebody in their group or whatever it is, kids at school, other players on a team, 
you guys or what you guys do in your, your flock at the church and, and whatever. You're, you're a witness to somebody. And it's so important that you've been created in his image and you'd be created to share the mission. That's it. And, and whatever gifts that he's given you, use them to fulfill the will that he has also set the course for you. And then I've just, that's all I want to do. Spread the gospel of God. That's so good. Sometimes I think we interrupt ourselves from how God wants to use us because of the fear of man that we all have. I think that's universal. You know, our series here, Life Interrupted, usually it's about how God interrupts our life. But at the same time, sometimes I think we interrupt God's plan by saying no, by being scared, by being prideful, by saying, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And yet God's plan is so much better than anything that we could ever imagine. Don, as you're talking about your story, if you never would have gotten up and you never would have spoke, then you would have never had that experience and realized the joy that was waiting for you on the other side. One thing I'm wondering about is now that you're a coach and you're kind of on the other side of football as you are training up young men and young athletes, how are you teaching them to reach for the stars, not allow their fear to control them, but to control everything in their life by taking that leap forward? Well, again, I'm, you know, I, I was a head coach at Aurora Christian High School for 10 years, so it was easy for me to share my faith. I'm in a secular college now, uh, but it still has not deterred me from sharing my faith. Uh, uh, we still pray together as a team. We quote scripture every day as a team. Um, I disciple, I lead a Bible study on campus. Um, so, I, you know, it, but they knew that going in. I, I, I asked before I even took the job, is this okay? I want to know up front uh, because this is who I am. Uh, but I don't, I don't force my faith on anybody. I think that would be saying that I have all the answers and the timing. I don't. All I can do is plant seeds. All I can do is tell them about my experiences that God has given me and uh, employ what an impact coaches have. I mean, uh, it, you have these people that are so bent on every word that you say. And, uh, and one thing young adults are is they're pretty smart. They know when you're fake and they know when you're real. And, and I always tell them, I, 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 it's like parenting. And my dad, I think, really was a really good parent because you knew what line not to cross, but at the same time, he disciplined out of love, and um, and I knew he loved me, and I and that's what I want to be as a coach because I, and I, wins and losses, I mean, really, who cares? I mean, Paul tells us to run the race to win the prize. I get that, um, but really, what the prize is is having that player that I coach standing next to me when we're in heaven. I mean, that's the ultimate prize. I don't ever want to lose that perspective. I really don't. Well, I, we want to get you out of here on a couple of football things. Um, the first is, obviously, your son plays in the NFL, so that's got to be an amazing thing. What are the differences between your time in the NFL and your son's time in the NFL that he just doesn't understand how it was different when Dad did it? Well, I don't ever say that to him. I, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I, I never raised Chad to, to play sports or football. It because the pressure was already going to be mounted on him without me saying a word, you know, outside distractions and people are going to put that on him. So I, I, we've never watched a game of mine together ever. Uh, you know, I just didn't want him to grow up in a, 
I just want him to whatever he decided to do to be the best that he can be and let God use his talents. It just happened to be football. Uh, and I will say this about Chad, uh, Chad's story, and he should write a book. Uh, and I, and not, I'm, I never thought I was a book guy. I really didn't. Um, but God, God has used my son, and it's an emotional thing for me because he, he's gone 10 years. Okay, this is his 11th year playing football. His first 10, he had reconstructive surgery or major time away because of a major injury 10 years in a row. Just in high school, a sophomore year broke his foot. His junior year, he broke his collarbone twice before the season started and before the state championship. And his third senior year, he broke his arm. And that's his high school. Collegiately, reconstructed shoulder, uh, knee, lacerated liver, ble bleeding internally. I mean, I can just go on and on and on. His, then he gets to his, how he got to the Minnesota Vikings is, is more impressive than my story, what God's done for him, than even what God did for me. Uh, there's no way he should be where he is today. There's just no way. And yet God had him there and he made the team his rookie year. And then he blows his hamstring out. And then he, and then he, uh, his second year, he, he lands up getting the third receiver spot and the punt returner job. And the third game, he gets run over by perfect, the linebacker, of the Raiders and severs, severs, now, not dislocated, severed all four ligaments on his inside of his ankle. He, when he stood up, he was standing on his leg because his foot was straight sideways, reconstructive ankle surgery. And, and I remember I wasn't at that game, but he called me and through every injury, I said the same thing to him every time in his tears, in his doubt, in his pity, I would say, son, do you love the Lord with all your heart? He goes, dad, you know, I do. And he'd get frustrated. You know, I do Dad. I said, do you think God has your back? Do you think God's got your best interest at heart? Do you think he's going to see you through it? Yeah, I know he is. I know he will. I said, then why are we crying? why we feel the way we do. I, he, he understands your emotion. Believe me, son, but it, you'll be fine. Tomorrow's another day. Pick yourself up. And he never has given up that same given up thing that the Leon let play. Believe me, my son exemplifies that times a hundred in his life. And then this year came and he's playing this year. And then he's in the Carolina Panther game. It's a big game of the season. And with two, three minutes left in the game, he muffs a punt at the 14 yard line games over. Okay, he's going to lose the game for the team. That's how he felt, right? That's how everybody thought. But no, three minutes later, he scores the touchdown with pretty much no time on the clock to win the game. I mean, his whole career encapsulized in three minutes. And, and yet, if he would have had the attitude of just giving up on God and just giving up on himself and the self-pity and all those things, I don't think he makes that catch. I don't think he wins the game for the team at the end. Because I think sometimes and this happens more than not, we get so frustrated at the things that are going on in our life, especially with this whole COVID pandemic thing that we just want to throw in the towel, not let God be God. And then you miss out on blessings. I think that God had for you. And, um, and I did, you know, and that for anything as a parent, I, I could care less what he does in football guys. I'll be honest with you. Sure. What he has done to persevere through so many tough times. And that's part of it. Uh, to where he is, that I'm most proud of, that he puts Christ first and never gives up on him. Well, it's a blessed family. Well, that is a blessing. Well, you know what? You've obviously been a tremendous role model in modeling that for your son about following Christ, about not giving up on God. And, and kids listen, right? Or kids watch. They may not always listen, but kids watch how you live and, and have an impact. Um, so let, let us get you out of here on this. 
um, Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. From your seat, who do you think is going to win this game? You know, I, I, you know, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, you know, uh, being that this is his 10th and Super Bowl and what he has done. I mean, come on, guys. This is, it's, I mean, New England goes from being a Super Bowl contender to not even making playoffs without Tom Brady. Yep. He's dog doo doo, right? I mean, can't even make the playoffs since seven. And now Brady's there and they're going to go Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it, but Kansas City's going to win. Okay. I just think, I think, Kansas, all right. We heard it first. Yeah. I just think Kansas City's a, a better team uh, all, all together. Uh, I think Tampa Bay should have got beat by the Packers. The Packers really kind of gave that game away with two major blunders and calls that they did right before the half. Yep. Yep. And then to score, to give Aaron a chance at fourth and eight, you should have let the guy be, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So, yep. you know, and Tom threw inter- three interceptions. He does that against Kansas City. And I don't think they're beating them. I, I just think Kansas City's a better football team. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I think I would agree. No, absolutely. And and Grant, who is our, our worship guy and our tech guy, he's doing cartwheels right now because he is Mr. Kansas City. He is all Kansas City all the time, so he's very excited. He's been um, talking about a repeat all year. Yeah, all year. It's all we hear. Kansas City's <laughs> going to repeat, so yeah. he's pretty excited. Uh, well, Don, I just want to thank you so much for joining our show. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time um, and sharing your story. Uh, I think going all the way back to what Frank said, your story is incredible, and we are so thankful that you continue to share it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. And again, we wish you nothing but the best. And again, thank you so much for your time and, and just your heart for Christ, regardless of athletics, your heart for Christ as a brother in Christ is just so encouraging and so inspiring. We appreciate it. We pray blessings upon you, the program, your family. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us. We want to thank everybody who listened to this podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and excited. Share this with somebody who maybe is thinking about giving up. Share this with somebody who's focused on their setback and not the setup. Uh, again, you can join us for worship every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at the Stumble In Bar or log on to Facebook. For more information about Three Timbers, log on to threetimbers.org. Have a blessed day, Don. Thank you, Joe, as always, Grant, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Take care.